Yesterday, he called me. He's like, really? or no, Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday. He wanted me to come. Yeah. He's like, I'm having a little pre. He, that yeah, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm not. I know where this night's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was just like, let's shake it a bit. Yeah, I played lacrosse. I played on the lacrosse team with a bunch of those guys. You were younger, but I just can't. I don't remember a ton of them. Remember Blake McDonald from the lacrosse team? Yeah, you. I used to drive him home. Yeah, yeah. He went. He went to go play down south in. Um, I forget what school. Somewhere. He's fully tatted now. Fully. Like it's crazy. I see guys like that from St. Mike's like ten years later, and they're so. Some guys like that are so different. They've yeah, and the guys who are like super like jacked tats. back in the day, yeah, like bald and like fat now. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, for sure. Anyways, welcome to the pod. We're going? Yeah, we're rolling. We're, we've, been, we've been going we'll for go a couple nice minutes now. Okay, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> so. We sneak in yeah. there. Everyone's, everyone's reaction is always the same. Oh, we're rolling? We're going? Yeah. 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 It keeps it kind of like, lets it flow and kind of jump right in. Yeah. yeah. How's my mic? You're, you're you're good, uh, pull it actually maybe a little bit, tilt up a little bit. Tilt it. Yeah, because getting a little bit quiet on yours. We, we, we don't have those wireless it. ones that attach to your shirts like yeah, TSN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sportsnet. No, no TSN. Sportsnet. Team Sportsnet now. Team Sportsnet. How'd that start? Man, I actually got cold called. Uh, I was living um, at my cottage in the summer during the pandemic, and uh, the VP of programming, his name's Rob Corte, does everything. So he, he's in charge of who's on every panel, whether talking in Canada or regional games, which are my Oilers ones. And he's just like, hey, you know, we're looking for someone who's recently retired, has interest, and it doesn't really have much going on. And I don't want to see not going on. Like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to no, no prospects right now, <laughs> uh, but I really wasn't doing much. And he's like, uh, we'd love you to, you know, get on the panel, do some Oilers games. Do you have any experience doing anything like that? I said, no. And he's like, all right, well, let's circle back in the fall. And then he called me again and he's like, all right, I have four games for you lined up. They literally just threw me on the desk, which I thought was crazy. There's people that go to school for broadcasting and to do this stuff for like a job. And they literally put me on the desk and I was like, so what, like what camera do I look at like what's going on here and so what am I allowed to say what am I not allowed yeah, to say oh, yeah, well, am I allowed gave, to swear yeah they gave me the rundown it's like absolutely no cursing they were like avoid like nicknames like don't be calling guys like Smitty and this <laughs> and uh, like that was my biggest thing I'm like because I played with all those Oilers guys so I'm just doing the Oilers games now but I'm like the last weekend we were on the national broadcast they were both afternoon games day games so like the whole country they it was all on sport like my first couple were just Sportsnet West so it was just like the small Edmonton population so I had like a little tester but these ones were like everyone was texting me during the broadcast and I was like don't mess this up like you know no <laughs> no I, I couldn't call Connor like Davo and all these guys so I, is that his nickname Davo I call him Davo yeah <laughs> I don't know what his nickname is now but I for me it was always Davo um, but it's been fun. Like they, they just keep asking me to come back. So I must be doing something yeah, right. Uh, awesome, I did, man. I did four games in six nights last week. Uh, same thing, all Oilers. Oh wow. That's sick. But, um, so you're regular now. I am. Yeah. So I do all the Oilers road games pretty much. Okay. If they go to the U S so I think my next two are coming up, they go to like Dallas and Colorado on a back to back. So I'll do those two games and I can do them all from the studio here in Toronto, which is great. It's Perfect. at Bloor and Mount oh. Pleasant. So I don't have to go to Edmonton not going <laughs> in the far. middle of the winter. Um, yeah, I literally just take an Uber down there, do the games and 
thankfully those games are day games so I was out of the studio some of the late games I'm out of there pretty late but I've got to meet some of the other personalities there too Anthony Stewart and Caroline Cameron and these people that you know right. Elliot Friedman that I've been seeing on TV for years and everyone's so cool and so professional it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be uh, <laughs> like the first two games I was really nervous and I was almost trying to like practice what I was saying like rehearse it before so like producer would talk about packs the highlight packs and stuff we're going to go over and then by the end of it, I was just sitting there having like a conversation. I wasn't even writing stuff down anymore. He, my host, Gene Principe, is an absolute legend too. He would just he's been ask out me. Forever too. Yeah, he's been on it on it for for a couple decades, and yeah, he would just talk, and I would. It was like talking with him, and the third person was just the camera for all the people back home. So it's been fun, something to do at least, you know. Yeah. And I'll, I'll see where it goes from here. I want to get a little more involved in that because I've actually liked it more than I thought I would, you know. A little bit different, yeah. eh? Than than you know. Grinding it out in yeah. the corners, yeah. dropping the mids. It's definitely less stressful. Well, I, I don't even know if it is less stressful. The first time I drove there, I was flipping out. I was like, I think I'm more nervous than I am to go play. But I didn't have to scrap anyone, and I didn't have to go out there and hit anyone. So that was that was easier. But it was still like lights, camera, action. Like there's no time delay. Like as soon as like the lights come on, the cameras kind of swoop in, and then it's live. And it's like kind of hide on the ice a little bit. <laughs> you can't hide behind a camera on live TV. You can't just sink under your desk. So, uh, no, it's definitely been fun, though. Did you feel like, a, like the, even though you're nervous going in, did you feel natural? Did it come easy to you? Or were you like, you know, yeah. the jitters, you really had to focus in in the beginning? Uh, I was more focused at the beginning because I was still getting the hang of it. And then, yeah, like I said, by the end of it, by I think Thursday night was my last game. Uh, Edmonton was in Chicago. Yeah, it was, just, it was just speaking natural. He'd ask me a question. I would kind of, you know, compose myself take a breath, um, look at the camera, finish my thought. But at the beginning, I was super nervous and I was almost like not myself. And I think the, the, like the producer, the head producer came down and after my first game, he was like, you know, you were great. He's like, just a little more not like, don't be so polished. Like this is just, people want to see the real you. They want to hear about your experiences. And like, he had a great, uh, he had a great thing for me the other day. He was saying there's typical things that you think are typical that the casual viewer would just you know, they wouldn't even see it, but yeah. you see it. He's like, talk about stuff like that, like little plays that you see. And like, people think that stuff is really cool. So I've tried to like involve myself more personally and tell them about my personal experiences. Cause yeah, shit, I did play for 11 years. Right. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned that, <clears throat> I think about how now like Tony Romo, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> so Tony Romo, we talk about in our group chat all the time. Like so, Tony Romo played in the NFL for whatever, 10 years or whatever. He starts broadcasting. He's like one of the greatest sports broadcasters yeah. right now, in my opinion, because he just sees the game and he's like, Oh, see the way that linebacker is taking two steps back. That means they're going to blitz weak side. And then they snap the ball and the guy blitzes weak side. You're like, yeah. what the, f how does he know that? And it's uh, like just the experience from playing the game for so long. They just pick those things up that, People who watch it would have no idea. I know. And it's, I've always thought about Tony too, because it's different too. He's more like color, right? Yeah. So I, that's even more impressive for me though, because you have to be on your toes while it's happening. Yeah. If I'm an analyst during periods, I have that whole period to watch and, to watch and, and analyze. And we can go back on clips and I can say like, you know, if I'm writing in my notebook, like, you know, at, you know, 732, I saw a play. Can I see that again? I want to see if we can talk about that. During the TV timeout um, or whatever, yeah. Hockey's just a little tougher to do what Tony does. Nothing against him. He's my favorite broadcaster in football. Uh, hockey's just more fluid, right? Yeah. It's, hard it's, to, it's hard to see plays develop. And even if you see them developing, it, it can change so quickly whereas football's more set and you can read defenses and stuff like that but man he's fun to watch yeah, he he's uh <laughs> he's probably like if if any time 
he is doing a game in the afternoon. Usually, I think it's CBS, right? Yeah. yeah, I like putting him on. But yeah, hockey's just a little more fluid for that. But oh, it's impossible to yeah. like to guess. Like, there's plays that you know are gonna happen. You know, like power play, Ovechkin or Stamkos. Yeah, yeah. they're or you know McDavid. They're gonna get the ball, the puck. Yeah. But on like a five on five breakout or something, you're like, okay, like the puck can go anywhere. Any well, especially when I was playing, anything <laughs> could happen. When I got the puck, I never knew where it was going myself. So, as uh, as someone who's not a big hockey player growing up, I mean, I can got rip a slap shot, but that's about it. Um, like you're saying, it's more fluid. So, like essentially, even well, whether you're on the ice or in the booth watching it, like is it still very hard to dissect and see? Like if a breakout starting behind the net, like it's very hard to see anticipate what's coming. Like the yeah. play could go any which direction. Yeah, for sure. That's a, a good question about because we always had set breakouts and set breakout. The defenseman stops behind the net and the forward swing down. So you can have four different options and we don't do set. I don't play anymore, but that they hockey players don't do set breakouts a lot more. Now the game is so fast. So coaches just want you picking up the puck and going all the time. These coaches are so, so aggressive and they want so much speed. Uh, But if you stop behind that, if you ever see a defenseman stop behind the net, he has like four different options. So you're looking to see what they do. If they're making a change, you can make a quick up all the way. You can wait for the center to come swing down. Like if I'm waiting for my center iceman, Connor McDavid to come down, probably just going to give him the puck and let him go (laughs) but there's just so many options that you can do simultaneously that's why hockey is such a beautiful sport is just because there's only five guys on the ice for you at one time and five obviously five for both but there's just so many split decisions um you know decisions that you have to make simultaneously and it can just everything can always change yeah i guess there's less like you're going less from start and stop whereas like football is kind of that one sport that you're you know you're every place downing it like hockey i mean you're 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 breaking for like a for a face off, but other than that, like yeah. on a breakout, everyone just circling the ice, going nonstop. Yeah, and we used to, I used to love games like that that didn't have a lot of face offs or penalties, just because you could get into this insane rhythm where if there was icings and penalties, the game offside. was just so yeah, stop really offside, so stop and go. These games were so boring, but then we'd play. And I'm trying to think of a good example of a team like well Dallas. Dallas is a great example from they play so fast and they they hate stopping pucks and. It's just always moving, and I love those games because then I got to play more as well. Yeah. You're always matching lines. If you're at home and we have a defensive zone faceoff, and they send out Crosby and Malkin, I'm not going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, uh, he'll probably he's probably going to bring out our you know one of our checking lines or, or our first line to play against them. So I used to love when the game was more. more I want to ask you this: We've asked a couple other athletes on this. Do you think home uh, home ice advantage makes a difference? So in hockey, the main difference between home ice versus opposing is that you get the second line change. Yeah, you get last change and you get your crowd. Yeah, well, crowd is standard. Crowd is standard, but in terms of just the, you know, just the the sheer, you know, lineups of it and stuff like that, yes, 100%. Uh, But it's stopped now. It's stopped now where, I don't know, there's, I don't know how how to explain how there's, there's less of a gap between the best and the worst players on the team anymore. I really think like you have your absolute all-stars, your McDavid's, your Crosby's, all that. But even the fourth liners now can play 15 minutes a night. Like back when I played our fourth line only played four or five minutes and it was basically a two to three line game where now the coaches don't care about sending out their fourth line versus the top line. So you get last change still, but a lot of the teams that are really, really good. Um, I saw Calgary play last night to beat Edmonton. They have four lines that you can play any of them against any other, yeah. any other line. So it helps for sure, but the game has just changed so much where you, anybody can play against anyone and, and, and it really doesn't matter. Okay. So 
Helps a little, but not too much. Not exponentially, I don't okay. think. And then the obvious, like, yeah, the obvious crowd. You go into a place, like Montreal has a pretty bad team this year, but that's a tough building to play in. Chicago, same thing, not a great team this year, tough building to play in. Madison Square Garden was always fun. And even a place like Winnipeg, like Winnipeg's probably the loud, one of, if not the loudest rank in the league. It's only, wow. they're the least fans in the league. 14 or 13,000. Yeah. Right? Something small. S- something around there, but it's a small <laughs> building, small roof, and it's loud, especially when we were, you know, we've come in there, play. It was always, uh, it was always loud. So it was kind of a rivalry, right? Yeah. It's just close. And we always, I don't know. We were both kind of bigger and tougher, and we it, it was just always a scrappy game. Like I knew I was always coming out of that game with ice packs all over my whole body. Like the plane rides home from Winnipeg <laughs> were always a nightmare. I had a couple Advil and, and ice packs all over, and maybe a glass of wine, and I knew I was in one every time I walked into that rink. <laughs> Is there a game that sticks out to you, or uh, that you were really uh, took a real bad beating, like really felt it coming off the ice, or? Or even like a, even like a, a player that he matched up against that was really kind of a thorn in your side. Or- well, there was that week. I remember that weekend. Um, not, I wasn't talking about that weekend, but it was. Uh, <laughs> so we went Saturday in Ottawa, and I played. So it was hockey day in Canada, and I fought Chris Neal that night. Do you remember Chris oh, Neal yeah, yeah. over you know twenty five hundred pims in the league, lefty. I mean, I've seen him fight Ty Domi when I was coming down to the ACC when I was younger, and now I'm lined up against him. So I fought him center ice, I think, in the second period, and we went, like, toe-to-toe for, like, a minute. <laughs> like, just absolute bombs being thrown. And so I'm in, like, the box after. And we ended, I think we ended up coming back and winning the game. Like, I had to check back on that. But I, in the dressing room after, I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm, I'm sore. My hands are all bloodied up. And so we get on the flight. We have a day off Sunday in Winnipeg. Then we play again. We play in Winnipeg on Monday. And the first period I fought Anthony Peluso, who was another huge, big guy my age. I actually played junior with him. He's actually like a friend of mine off the ice. But we fought for like a minute and a half, same thing, center ice, squared off, like another huge, like he's really tough to fight. He's like these big arms. He's so strong. And that's the first period. And then second period, I don't know if you've Back ever seen. It, I don't know if you've ever seen this clip. It's it's tough for me to watch. I get hit by Dustin Bufflin on a, su- a big on a suicide pass coming from my defenseman, and I didn't see him coming behind me. And I did like I'm six four. I did a full flip on the ice, landed on the side of my head. Jesus. I like split my whole chin open. I had like staples in my chin. Little baby. I didn't get diagnosed with a concussion, but definitely didn't feel good. So they kept me out for the rest of the game, and I was just sitting on the plane like this after like after three days, just like get, <laughs> get me home. I need I'm, to- I'm, done like i had ice packs on both Holy shoulders shit. on my hands and i'm just like sitting there i was just it's times like that where i'm like what am i doing here <laughs> how did i it's like that's, know, that's, 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 sport, that's, that's tiktok you you're uh, a- you're, you're probably wondering how i got here <laughs> <laughs> So I was you should there. make. That. You should make it. Are you on TikTok? I am. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't. I don't post. I'm more just uh, scroll through. I'm, I'm my gonna page. make that one for you. I'm gonna make. Yeah. Uh, put all three of those clips. You're probably wondering how I got it. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> There's like a picture at the end. I have like they had like sh- they had to like shave my beard so to put these like staples in, and then my nose was like over here, and both my hands were just completely scarred up, and I was just like, what What's going on? How, how, how did I come from this little kid that wanted to play in the show to like sitting here right now? How did I go from a goal scorer in the O to this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Never really had goals. I could score goals, definitely, but no, it's definitely, uh, I had definitely a couple weekends like that. That was <laughs> <Jeez>. tough. <laughs> Let's, um, I want to ask, when you square up with a buddy, like, you guys, like, you know your boys, like, you and yeah. Luso, you said. You know your boys, you're like, hey, bro, we're doing this, like, 
go easy on each other? Is it like, nah, we're enemies. We're on the ice. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you. No. Well, I know with Palouse, even though I knew him off the ice, those were always battles. Like we were never going easy on each other. I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I knocked out one of my best friends. Um, I don't want to revisit that one, but, uh, and even a, a guy like, who's another one? Tommy Wilson, who's Toronto yeah. guy trained with yeah, for yeah. years. He ran over someone's shocker. He ran over someone questionable hit uh, when I was in Jersey and uh, yeah I lined up beside him I'm like hey we gotta do it like let's go we gotta do it I think like you just kind of know at that point you're like but even yeah even still it's like and even he just went like this he goes I know I know but I mean I'm not taking it easy but as like as soon as I get like you get hit it's on like even if you're like maybe going and feeling each other out at the start like as soon as I get hit in the side of the face I'm like oh this mark. All, right, like, <laughs> all right so he's not going easy on me like <laughs> I guess we're not boys. Yeah, I guess we're not boys anymore. So even guys like that, I always, we in hockey, we always called it tummy sticks. That was like guys that are so buddy-buddy on the ice. And it's really come like in full force these days. You see guys like Chatty Cathy during, like during games, like buddies will be laughing and like tapping each other in the shin pads. I had like zero time for that shit. Like <laughs> I was really good buddies with a lot of players that I played against, but for like that 60, you can just park that for like 60 minutes and just like go to war against one of your boys. And then, you know, you see them in the summer at the bar, or, you know, you see them on the road. Cottage, yeah. Or you everything. can just see them wherever and you can just kind of re reminisce on it. Like ain't no hard feelings, yeah. this and that. But, um, yeah, I, I had no time for guys that were just kind of like buddy buddy on the ice. The tummy six <laughs> term I've never heard until spitting chicklets. Like I, I used to listen to it a lot more, but I never heard that word tummy six until spitting chicklets. Yeah, Biz loves it. Paul yeah. Bissonette like loves it because it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure the origin is like at, on warm ups when guys stretch kind of near the Red Wings. You give like a guy like a little tap yeah. kind of up here. I think that's what it, where Biz got it from. But that's how I I I've known it. And yeah, it's just I always see that like in warm up. I'm just. I'm not like playing hard oh tough guy, but I was always like sizing everybody up, looking who's in the lineup, right. like staring guys down a little bit of intimidation factor. I wasn't like, hey dude, what's going on? Like, how was dinner how's last it? Yeah, night? How's the, yeah, life? How's the city? Good, yeah. Yeah. Kids are good. Yeah, like I never really I never tried to do that. Guys would try to do that to me all the time, just kind of buddy up a little bit. And I'm like, I'd be the worst. I'd be out there, but hey George, man, how you doing, pal? <laughs> Becca's good. That's the problem. Good. I am when every time I play sports, I'm a big I'm a talker in general in yeah. life. I gotta play soccer with my buddies on Monday nights. So it's more like you know, pick up, but we still take it seriously. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm if a guy fucks, I'm laughing, I'm yeah, joking, yeah. I'm talking shit, <laughs> and other guys are getting pissed that we're losing, and then it looks like I'm not taking the game seriously, even though I'm trying. But that's the kind oh, of guy. Man. But it's, at the end of the day, no, no, very different. But like, even when I was playing yeah, yeah. back back in the day, I played baseball. But it, but the thing is though, like at the end of the day, again, never played at that high level, never played hockey, never to scrap one of my friends, but. Like you're there, you're getting paid to do a job. Yeah, it's it like, unfor you know, it's not like if I walk into my office, I gotta scrap somebody, but yeah. there's still a job to do. Whether you're my friend or not, you leave like personal relationships at the door. At the door. Yeah, and at the end of the day, business is business, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's how I that's kind of how I see it. But there's guys that I played with that didn't shut up literally the whole game. <laughs> uh, you know who I was thinking of as we were saying that same Mike's get remember Cramarosa, Joseph Cramarosa. He's a couple years younger, um, but my God, I played with him. Just another example of a guy, good and bad, just would not shut up the entire game. And I would just drive me nuts. I'd get there in between periods and be like, dude, I'm on your team. Can you shut up? <laughs> I'm tired of listening to you right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I always like to keep it as business as possible and then straight back to casual once it was done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One step off the ice. Yeah. Favorite, uh, favorite barn you played in? And then least favorite as well. Um, 
I want to take out Toronto for sure. Like I say, Toronto, just because I'm from here, born and raised, Leaf fan. But I'm going to say Madison Square Garden. That was the first one for me. A Bell Center in Montreal is right up there, 1A, 1B. But MSG was the first one where I'd never been before. And so when you get, you literally drive in, right? Have you been to like a concert or anything like that? Well, I've never like driven into it or anything, but yeah. like I've attended as a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, the bus just parks in right in downtown Manhattan and you walk, you have to walk up this huge ramp. It's massive. And then you get up there and just like the Zamboni doors open and it's just like, it's like heaven, man. It was like the, one of the coolest like starstruck moments that I had had. And then just playing there against like the iconic like Rangers jerseys and in between every, you know, whistle, they have like a celebrity setting. So there was like, you know, Kendall Jenner and these people are at the game and I'm just like, this is pretty cool. I'd say, I'd say that was, that was up there. And then Montreal is unreal. And, um, Chicago, United Center in Chicago is, yeah. is, uh, is original six well. in places. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Six you're, no, you're right though. Boston is Boston's awesome as well. I got to play in the old Joe Lewis before it got uh, before it got turned down. Yeah, basically all the original basically, sixes, yeah, so all the original. Yeah, sixes. I know. I've but then been there's to a lot of these. There's some really cool ones like Nashville is unbelievable. Nashville's yeah, awesome. Nashville. <laughs> it's right That's on one of my Broadway. Favorite nicknames in sports. Nashville, Nashville. Yeah. yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Like I was a 24 year old, you know, young kid getting to go into these buildings every night, and everyone was just like cooler than the next one. But no, I'd put the a lot of those original six ones were at the top for me. For All sure. right. On the other end, the worst. Oh. Ooh. Well, now I'm going to get in trouble with some fan bases here. <laughs> um, I didn't like going into. Um, okay, least favorite, we'll call it. Though. Columbus, maybe. Okay. It just didn't have a great atmosphere, and they have this cannon. I don't, so you've never been to a game there. They have a cannon that they shoot off after every goal, and it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. I literally jump out of my seat. I know it's coming every time, and I jump out of my seat on the bench every time. Uh, that, that, one, uh, that one was always tough. And uh, no, California was good. Raleigh used to suck. Carolina used to really suck. They used to get like five, 6,000 fans, but they've brought hockey back. They're pretty good. Well, have you seen what, um, I'm sorry to cut you off, Arizona. So Phoenix, uh, sorry, Arizona just got a, they're getting a new sports complex to replace the current arena that they're in. I think they're moving yep. from Phoenix to... Glendale to Tempe. Yeah, yeah. Where sorry, ASU what, is, yeah. So now the new stadium's only 6,000 or something. What? Yeah. It's like, it's like they're hoping like, to get a deal done before so they don't have to end up doing that, but it's looking more and more like they're going to be playing in the university rink where ASU yeah, plays. But they're going to renovate crazy. it. But the thing is, like, Arizona gets what? How many fans? They have one of the lowest attendance in the they, league. They average like six or something a game. When yeah. we played them with Edmonton, it was almost packed because all the snowbirds come down. That's yeah. that's like a big Western Canada spot to yeah, come down. Okay. But for every, if they're playing, you know, Dallas on a Tuesday night, you're talking less than 10,000 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they were saying, I was listening to some, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he's saying, this might be one of the best things to happen to hockey in Arizona because they'll go from having this, you know, once a month packed stadium to every night, they'll be slammed, selling out. Yeah, it's going to be half the size, but the atmosphere in there would be yeah. like real hockey fans yeah, who want yeah. to go, not these, you know, students or snowboards coming down, right? Yeah, so. I mean, maybe it'll change it. I'd love to go play there. I think that'd be awesome. I just don't know if they can do that for like three years. That's six thousand people. How do you make money? The, I know, and the, the profit. Yeah. So that that looks down on our escrow too. Escrow will go up. So we have to pay for the for those teams other teams have to pay yeah, it. The yeah. play comes out of the players salaries whatever teams are losing money it's called escrow and the percentage changes every year uh. and so if they're getting drilled in money we've been paying for them for years yeah. now so uh hopefully they get their their shit together and it's crazy did, did they sell recently or is it no, there's uh, is it phoenix sell. suns are selling anyways it could be mixing them up 
But I'm surprised they haven't sold and relocated. Like I know that one of the things that almost all sports, because I know is like it's universal that the leagues don't like relocating teams because it's like number one, you don't want to have to fail in a city and move. Yeah. But it's interesting too to see that like you know you have Arizona that has been bad for so 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 long, like, like bad in terms of quality of attendance. Uh, attendance. But then you have other teams like Quebec City, you know, lost their team back in the day, and I bet they could pack a, a, a barn. Well, Winnipeg's three, the best example, right? Three times the size, yeah. yeah Winnipeg so lost many. their team, they came back, and they've had, to my knowledge, good attendance. Yeah, Gary's just really stubborn. That he, on your first point, you nailed it. He just doesn't want to fail. I yeah. think it's it, they see it as a massive failure if they have to move out of cities, and yeah. it's such like a black spot on the league, and they'll do everything they physically possibly can before they yeah, have to. Yeah, exhaust before, all of them. Exactly. Which makes sense. But it's just interesting, like to put six thousand in there, and like to kind of contrast that. I was, um, we we did a road trip for our our uh, startup, and um, myself, we had another co-founder, one of our good, other good friends, and we were driving through uh, Tampa Bay, and the Jays were in town. So we're like, okay, let's go. Like we've, we know that historically Tampa doesn't get uh, doesn't get a lot of attendance, and tickets are cheap. And they just finished going to the World Series, which that's the crazy part. So Tampa, on the other hand, like you're. In Florida, baseball's pretty big in like yeah. warmer states in America, but Florida especially, like you think it's it's a big uh, market. They just cut off the World Series. They were in first when we went to go see them. They had like it was a, maybe uh, a week before the playoffs. I think there was eight thousand people that out. It was a Thursday or a Friday too. Yeah, eight thousand out of a stadium that I think holds like three times that, maybe four times that. Yeah, Tropicana. Bizarre. I was like, and we sat like next to the Jays dugout for like I don't know, forty bucks or something like that. Like it was, yeah. it was crazy. I don't get that. Like you have markets here. Like if man, if the you have the Raptors and the Leafs making playoffs one time, you got ten thousand people outside the arena. Yeah. And then in these markets, your team's one of the World Series. Like, you can't fill them. And it's obviously not the product. They've been played well for so many years. Yeah. And, and I their mean, budget the, the is light, like... The Lightning do well. The yeah. Bucks do yeah. well. Um, I don't know if it's an issue of the actual stadium. I've never been. But maybe if you had an outdoor park or something. I know it's in Florida. But it's obviously not the product that's suffering. Yeah. It's just the, the fan base, which is really sad to see because... That's yeah. that's embarrassing. It, it changes even watching sports when when the stadium or the arena is not full. It hurts the experience. Like even just as a spectator watching like on TV, Raptors and Leafs. I'm a big sports guy. Love Raptors. Love Leafs. When there was no fans in the in the ACC or Scotiabank Arena, I just didn't feel part of it. I know. I, I, invited, like, I got invited to the game last week. It was fifty percent. I didn't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I went. I went to Leafs and it's Raptors hard. last week when there was full capacity, and I was like, "This is what I want. This is the yeah. excitement." Because I went to a game back in. I can't remember if it was October, November, whenever, but it was half capacity or not. It wasn't full. And it's like, it's just weird. Yeah, it's strange. You know, like every two seconds, someone's telling you to wear your mask or someone's telling you this. There's no one around me. I got my jacket here. It's like, it just, it's not loud. Like we yeah. talked about this before too, but when they did, the Raptors actually dimmed the lights on the outside of the court. So all the lights was on the court. That was cool because you didn't feel that how empty the arena was. Yeah. But now they changed it again. So I, I don't know what they're doing with that. But yeah. Well, there definitely were products like Florida in Sunrise, the Florida Panthers. They're, they're half full every night yeah. too. And that's not even a capacity thing. It's literally just their fan base. Yeah. And it ruins the environment for spectators and yeah, for players does. alike. It's really tough to go in there and get jacked up, yeah. to, jacked up to play. And they're a good team. They still aren't drawing that well. Yeah. It's hard too. And it, it's, what, it's interesting, especially with hockey, when you have – like you have some markets that you know could sustain two teams as well, or are Toronto. close to, yeah. like Toronto. I mean, hell, probably like I mean, Boston's probably pretty dire, maybe not as big, but like, I mean, you could put easily in Toronto. I think maybe not Toronto, 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 no, but, but the, Hamilton area, yeah. or Markham something, and you could justify set. You'd fill out two eighteen thousand 
um, 18,000 seat stadiums. So it's interesting that they like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make these things survive like a Florida or, um, Arizona, Arizona, whatever. It's interesting to see. And we'll see where it goes, but you mentioned one thing about kind of Gary not wanting to fail. What are the players thoughts on Gary Batman? Cause you know, like, Spectators generally hate him. Like yeah. you know, it's just like the common thing. He gets booed every time, which is crazy. Every commissioner, every commissioner gets booed. And I just want to know. So I'm not going to ask you personally, but what are the players' thoughts on it? I don't think it's uh, positive in general. Uh, we've had a couple lockouts now while he's been at the helm. I think he's had um, two, right? Yeah, and and a delayed start. He's just yeah. he's t- he's tight with the owners. The owners like him. Um, I just don't think. And an overall sense, it's a it's a positive vibe from the okay, players. That's, fair. that's I think that's as, politically po- as politically as as uh, yeah. correct as I can go. Because to be honest, <laughs> I wanted to get more into it um, when I was in the NHL. I was our player rep one year, and I wanted to get more into learning about this stuff. But then by the time I got into it, I was back in the minors already. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to get into it a little bit, and that was one thing. I don't have a lot of regrets, but that's one thing I wish I did was learn that side of it more with the union and, you know, negotiations. Yeah, and just kind of get more involved in that. It's one thing I wish I would have done a little more. Well, can you get back into it now? Like, I probably could. Kind of like the, yeah. other, the other side of it? Yeah, I've been talking to a couple of people this last year and a half since I stopped playing. I've just been kind of exploring all my options and I didn't have to work right away. I don't, you know, I'm still doing some stuff now, but I'm try. I've just tried different things and calling everyone I know and former players and stuff. Cause it's really, it's truly like tough. Like it hasn't been easy trying to figure out your, your path after whether, you know, you want to go into work for the NHLPA or you want to go back to school or, you know, you want to work broadcasting or whatever you want to do. Um, it, it takes some time, I think, to figure that out. Not a lot of people. I want to say a, a majority of people that finished playing after for, for so long, like me, like 11 it's not like years, you just said like 11, three or four years and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I played 11 years. That's all, you know, for 11 years Well, more than that. Cause you think about it's all, you know, since you were probably like yeah, 13 yeah, or you're something. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, you're right. I moved away from home to play a junior when I was 16. So there you go. Um, just trying to trying to figure that out. Not some guys have just a straight path. They know exactly what they want to do. Uh, they either want, you know they want to go to school, they want to be a firefighter, or they they want to go on TV or whatever it is. And I just wasn't one of those people. I have just so many different interests and and hobbies and options. Like I don't want to say options, but I do have options. I'm I live here in Toronto where there's you know so many resources around me, and I've played with so many people that I have so many resources around me. And it's just been trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. What are one of your hobbies that people wouldn't normally associate you with? Um, so when I say normally associate, you're a big, tough, strong man. Like, what are the hobbies that people wouldn't think that you love? I'd say two. One I'm getting more, more uh, public about is food. I'm like obsessed with food. I want to say I'm a foodie. I'm not like going, going to all these different restaurants and Instagramming it and stuff like that, but I love to cook. I love to go try new places, explore around cities when I get there. Um, I just uh, produce, help produce with the uh, help of two, two young kids, Max Lewis and, and Will, that I, um, that I met that went, they went to Ryerson, and we produced a six-minute short episode with Rich Clune, the captain of the Marlies, where I let him pick a restaurant, and he picked yeah, a, studies, yeah. Yeah, studies, and, and so we, we did that and, and released that a couple weeks ago. 
And so I, lo- I love that. Like I love food and, and culture and um, hopefully we can make some more of those. I'm going to uh, sit down with the boys and see, see what else we can come up with and hopefully I have some nice, uh, some new episodes coming. Yeah, it was called uh, Post Up, right? Post Up, yeah, Post Up. So I have a couple more restaurants lined <laughs> up and hopefully, you know, I can get that ball rolling and see where it goes from there. Um, and then music. I love me Like music is, is my thing since I've been, you know, been a kid, play guitar, play a bunch of instruments and I'm always going to concerts and shows and hanging out and listening. I always have, you know, I collect vinyl and so I have my nice record player at home. I basically, whenever I'm at the apartment or in my house, wherever I am, there's always some sort of music going on. So music and food, I think are the two that really kind of drive me. I'm trying to find a career where I can just <laughs> eat and listen to music all day. <laughs> I, I, would be a I can idea. picture you just like at Budweiser stage on the lawn, just like chilling, eating yeah. like whatever food they have there. I don't even know. No, I'm getting all posh now. I don't sit on the lawn anymore. <laughs> I need seats. <laughs> I used yeah, to. Yeah. I used to be. Uh, oh, I don't want to say. Yeah, I used to be broke back in the day. So you buy your cheap lawn tickets and go watch whoever it was, Chris Stapleton. Oh, Chris Stapleton. Great, great now, yeah. performer. Chris yeah, Stapleton. we saw him. Yeah, we went there. Yeah, whoever it was, and now you know. Now I'm buying the tickets. <laughs> up front or <laughs> calling some contact from live nation trying to get some tickets so <laughs> uh, i can't wait this should be a good summer at, at bud though any There's, shows excited for um i saw the lumineers the lumineers were coming in with a they a band called camp is opening for them too uh those are two artists i i, I really like um i haven't had a look at the full lineup but I, that was one i definitely uh i definitely have circled yeah the lumineers the, are good let me just do like i used to listen to them a lot i back think we saw them at coachella no did yes we did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we caught a couple songs yeah. i think yeah yeah so that was one where db hated it or something no chris stapleton he hated chris stapleton i <laughs> took him to chris stapleton that's like the year i started i heard chris stapleton and i was like oh this guy's sick um and i was ne- like i was never really into like i don't even know if he caught i guess he's country he's definitely but he's also like some yeah i guess he's country he's not soul or anything like that but he's country i guess yeah i don't know but uh <laughs> i never listened to like that style of music and then i heard him i was like oh this guy's amazing and then I really got into it, and he happened to be at Coachella the second time we went. Yeah, and one of our buddies does a lot of rap, mostly rap. Yeah, and we made rap. him. We made him. <laughs> like we dragged him there, and it was like us, him, my brother. I think I think it was our friends, yeah. at the time, now wife. But we're all sitting there. It was like a good vibe. It's chill. It's like a, you know, sun's coming down, and we just turn around, and he has a scowl on his face, absolutely miserable. He's like, "What is this shit?" I was like, "Man, this is art. This is like this is real yeah. music." Um, anyways, no, that was a good concert. We got to bring out OVO Fest back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, one of our buddies actually, I'll tell the story. I won't say his name, but he took me to the OVO Fest. This is maybe about seven, eight years ago now. Calling me, Rick, you want to go? I was like, yeah. And this is like when OVO just like came out, you know, you couldn't get tickets, Budweiser stage. And he got so drunk, he was literally pissing in the seats. We were like, oh, rolling no. like in the 300 level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll right. tell you off air. But he's literally pissing where he's like, Rick, just block me. I was like, bro, I don't even know how to block you. You're just lucky it's dark and nobody's looking around right now. Like, everyone's just walk, looking this way. Well, man, going to take a leak there is a nightmare. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> You're going to miss nightmare. half the, you'll miss half nightmare. the set. Well, what's, what I normally do is I'll, I'll look at the set list beforehand. So you know when it's time to like, okay, I don't love this song. Oh, I'm gonna like, you're speaking my language. I go setlist.fm now before, <laughs> before I get to a show. So I know I'll look at like the last three ones. I know when there's a break. That's like, mad. Cause you, you, if you look the, at the last know when the one, they might change up. it, right? You got to look at the last three. So it's like, okay, is it consistent? I'm big concert guy. I go to yeah. more concerts than, than Rick yeah, goes to more concerts than a, like a 16 year old girl. Yeah. yeah I'm just a big concert guy. I, I love going yeah. to concerts. And he will go to any concert at 16 year old. Yeah. I love any type of live music. Do you know what? there's certain concerts I can't go to like you know heavy metal and like screamo kind of stuff like I can't do but 
I don't like country music. I don't listen to country music, but I love the energy and the vibe and the atmosphere at country concerts. I went yeah. to the one with uh, the, um, I think it was Jade Eagleson, the Arkells, and Dean Brody, maybe. It was the one back all in September here. All in one night. It was all in one night, yeah. Okay. Or no, sorry. It was well, Arkells would have been Brock, separate. The Recklaws. Yeah. And, um, and Jade Eagleson. Yeah, don't be not the, don't be those, the Arkells. Yeah. Those are my boys. Yeah, don't yeah, be yeah, mixing sorry. up the Red Claws and the yeah, Arkells. The Red Claws will be mad about yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, they all played one show, and it was like I don't know Dean's coming to town concert or whatever. And I went with a friend of mine, and I had the best time ever. Oh, it's a great. Don't great, know a single song, but I'm like yeah. yee in the whole time. Yeah, and just, crushing some cold beers. Uh, no, great. I was having those you know little light bulb drinks or whatever. Oh yeah, I'm like I drink those girly drinks. Yeah, hey, nothing wrong with that, brother. Hey, another wrong, another wrong. Uh, foodie, what are some of your top restaurants in, that you've been to either in the city, externally? Uh, Man, you know, we talk about this all the time. I've been hitting up all these places now. I live over on Ossington. So the Ossington Strip is is yeah. uh, is insane. Um, Mamaka's, <laughs> the, the Greek restaurant right across from, from my condo, is one of my favorite Greek spots to go to in the league. Um, I was actually there two week, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Greek, so I was my. Yeah, what was your? Oh, well, I wanted. I was my girlfriend. What do you mean? You can't invite me. Well, I can bring a date. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bring a date. Did, uh, did you approve? Uh, yeah, I've actually. Uh, yeah, it's really, really good. I was there the last time I went was a few years ago, and I liked it. Like it's a, like you know like a twist on it's Greek food, but it's like a, they they modernize it a bit, which is kind of cool. Um, and the food the food's really good. The vibe yeah. was good too. It was like right after. I think like the day after like those the mandate started lifting, so capacity limits kind of lifted, and it was like packed. It was a good time. Yeah. Really like that spot. Really good. They yeah. have the one next door now too. Um, oh, Kukla. bar, yeah, bar, yeah, bar Kukla. Kukla, right on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. I've never been, but it looks there. like a good vibe. Yeah, you can't go wrong on the on that strip. Um, and then as long as you go down anywhere on Dundas and Queen too, I've been hanging out at Bar Poet a lot on at yeah. Queen, Queen and Dover. I love the yeah, I love great the food. spots. Bar there. Yeah, I love the cool. food there. It's cool vibes and I heard their pizza is really good. Yeah, great saws, uh, great staff. I, I like hanging out there. And, you know, if I'm going maybe like a family birthday dinner, we used to, I haven't been there in a while, but Yoso's up in, uh, in, in Dover Court and just outside I've Yoso's. I've never been, but I heard good things uh, about Outside that Yorkville is, is also in, in one of my <laughs> tops for sure. But, man, anywhere on the Oz Strip and anywhere close to where I'm living now, you, you literally can't go wrong. It's yeah. great. I w it's great. That it's, it's, it's so interesting that, like, it's um, there's so much happening on Ossington. Like, I grew up, uh, I grew up in Mississauga. My, my grandparents lived at Dover Court and Davenport, so just like north yeah. of that. And we used to drive when I when my mom would drop us off, or my my parents, whatever. We'd go through that strip, and it was like I was scared of it as a kid. I was like, it's such a like you know, it was dingy and like really run down. And then when I hit like my early twenties, like everyone was like, oh, you run Oz, and there's like Baby Hueys, and um, yeah, Hueys is back. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> and there was another one too. There were Baby Hueys, another, another bar. One. Yeah, it was a bar, I think. There, there was a couple. Oh, Cote de Buff, too. Have you been to Cote de Buff on Ossington? No, I've never oh, been. It's a nice little Good? Parisian steakhouse. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, I just thought no, of it. No, no, no. Right I appreciate the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we started going, and I was like, oh, this place is kind of cool. Like, I think it was Huey's. They sold, like, Pabst Tallboy. Like, it wasn't even, like, a bar. It was, like, a, a, a someone had, like, a bucket in front of them, and you just walk up, give them a five, get a beer. Remember, yeah. wasn't it Baby Huey's that used to sell the Mickey's? Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. Sounds bad. Sounds yeah. like something yeah. on Ossington. Something on Ossington. They used to sell Mickey's. I remember they were hundred bucks, hundred dollar Mickey's. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it was a good it was a cool vibe. Yeah, and then it's like different. And then like it's just kind of it's kept that character over the last like probably decade now. Yeah. Which is really cool. And it's I, I think gotten better, which is interesting because like, you know, when something starts to get kind of like hip and unlike you know, a little bit up and coming, it tends to get like saturated yeah, yeah. and then it's like, oh, it gets boring now. But like they just keep putting new places, and some of the places that have been there for a long time are still like you know they've stood the test of time. So it's like 
Really cool street. The only crazy thing is it's a small pocket. Like it hasn't like exp- expanded a bit to Dundas, yeah. but pretty much ends in between Queen and Dundas. Yeah, it's like, like five blocks. Like, yeah, and you know it's an area of the of, of the city that I never really explored when I was young, especially like yeah, yeah. high school. But even like my early twenties, it was all entertainment district and we Richmond were going peter yeah richmond peter going to you know grace o'malley's and piccadilly circus back in the piccadilly day these circus. places and then you know you get in your mid-20s and then it's king west and you know yeah. you're going to wherever you're going Small, yeah oh my god yeah those are throwbacks coming back. yeah yeah uh, now it's like you know early mercy in these places nothing that there's not, nothing wrong with that and then i just kept moving wide just kept getting further and further west until yeah. i ended up on ossington now and i don't really like like love to go out out anymore like i like you know love it like a nice long dinner you know like an 8 p.m dinner it's and the then best, you get, the get into the wine and get some cocktails going after we like, literally just that's started what I like. doing these so we do a monthly dinner first friday of the month uh, so we started, we usually do every year we do a, a Christmas dinner, the boys, there's six or seven of us, uh, eight of us, whatever. And it started about what, five, six years ago now? Yeah. 2015, give or yeah, take. Yeah. And we do it once a year, but the thing is we used to hang out all the time, right? Cause you yeah. know, we were all best friends. We all went We'd out, be out doing, every weekend. Again. Every yeah. weekend. So it wasn't a big deal. Well now, you know, one guy gets a girlfriend, two guys gets a girlfriend, one guy, a couple gets guys married. married. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did our Christmas dinner. We're like, this is the first time we've all been together in like months. Okay. It's this cold. was a longer time. Probably the pandemic. Yeah, like probably- because of the pandemic and everything. It's like we hadn't seen each other in forever. So we said it was going to be once a quarter. We were going to do a dinner. Right? That's how it started. That was originally yeah, the plan. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, hey, you guys just want to do this once a month? Yeah. And now we do it. Now we kind of even do we it We have like five, six now. hour dinner. We go to like a pickle yeah. restaurant and sit down for like five, six hours. Yeah. No, eat, drink a little bit, like hang out. And it's like- Let's your point. Like, that's more like I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fun to go to a bar. It's fun to socialize. But like sitting with the boys, or even with like you know, if you're on a date, whatever it is, yeah. just like sitting there and just hanging out and like good conversation, good food, good yeah. drinks. That, that's what I live for these days. You can't. You know? It doesn't get better. Well, does someone get to pick the, the restaurant of choice? Does we, it rotate or something, or is it group usually? I, I'm the one that usually, Ricky's actually we, the yeah. one that plans a lot of stuff in our group. Um, I leave I t- the food to the experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bigger guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I would I kind of pick the couple that I like. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to probably the first one we did is at La Castile okay. in Etobicoke. Yeah, good one. one of my favorite steakhouses in the city. Like old school, it's it literally looks like kind of like a very fancy barn inside. Kind, of. I don't yeah. explain it. It almost like feels like the mixture between like a really nice fancy barn slash church feel. Okay, nice. Because they have the, the what are those uh, stained glass? The stained glass, yeah. but like okay. all the colorfuls. It's like a yeah, the arches and stuff. It's a good spot. Lacus Steel. I'm giving them a shout out because they've always been good All to right, me. All right, nice. Um, but we did that, and then I was like, okay, we just want to go next month. I'll book something. And it's funny now that we're even doing this. Even some of our buddies that aren't necessarily the planners or aren't as like you know, they'll leave it to us. Now they're like, well, let's try this one and this one. So it's cool. Like the, the guys are getting fired up by yeah, it. Yeah. So last one we did was at uh, Choto Mate. Of downtown. Yeah, I've heard I hadn't eat, I still haven't eaten there yet. I, it's funny. I hadn't mixed. So first time I it's went. Like the immersion by It's got all the bright lights and colors. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. it's like, like neon, like paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was good. First time I went, I went like back in December for like a client uh, lunch. It was I had an amazing time. We went back. Left something to be desired this time. Okay. Service could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I just, okay. You know what? When you're, when you're paying top dollar, I, I was just, ex- it was good. I had a good time. But you're just expecting more, right? right? So maybe that was our expectations that we went in with high expectations. True. But Fair. overall, it was still a good meal. Yeah, and that's all that's you can ask for. But I love that. I love what you're saying that line about people are like looking forward to it now. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, group dinners now, people are just wondering. Are we gonna Fuck. Okay, two hours this? and then we get to get out of it. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, but no, this is one where like no. the boys are fired yeah. up all the time for this. Oh, um, sure, we good? No, you're good. Nice. It just went. Oh, there we yeah. go. We're good. Um, but yeah, what about? 
away when you're on the road what are some other good restaurants or ones that really stand out you look back like hey, next time i'm in this city i need to go to this spot if you ever go to edmonton i'll give you rep, rep uh Recommendations. Recommendations. That's a Bufflin hit coming back <laughs> yeah. 10 years later. Oh, man, it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, you guys um, have seen the same thing. No, Vivo in, in Edmonton, I got to shut them out. Vivo Restaurant, um, that's one of the best. And, you know, I just got to – I couldn't even say specifically. I just remember cities because, like, going into New York would be – one of my favorites uh, american whiskey in new york is probably my favorite bar there it's right uh right down the road from msg i used to go in there all the time american whiskey yeah it's right okay. in uh right in downtown manhattan yeah. uh yeah um that's a great spot and uh shit i'd have to think off like you just that's right off the top of my head yeah. um always going to la like going to catch or something like those trendy restaurants yeah, in yeah. la it was always cool which was cool i got to do stuff like that but off the top of my head nothing really come to mind just more cities in particular not not any like restaurant in particular is it uh you always hear the rumors about like you know the nhl players they always either do credit card roulette or it's like you know the big dogs will pay for it what's the actual truth behind these when you and, do like a big we team didn't dinner? we didn't leave if there were like seven or eight guys at a meal with all the guys i play with in edmonton there wasn't one dinner we didn't play roulette and i hated it <laughs> uh so it was like Taylor Hall, like Nugent Hopkins, Eberly, um, Justin Schultz, Sam Gagne. We had a great crew. And then like towards the end, like my last year, it was like Leon and like Connor. But like, yeah, we go for these dinners night before, like night before. So let's say we fly into a city, we fly into Boston and, uh, you know, someone would always ha like already have a reco. It was usually like a steakhouse. We like going to nice, nicer steakhouses and yeah, the bill would come at the end and it was always like, it wasn't even like a question. It was just hat off. Someone would just go hat off and just start passing it around. <laughs> and like, uh, please don't pick my, please don't pick my, so please don't pick my. You know, I was, I was making like, you know, you're making money at the time. Like I wasn't broke by any means, but like spending like that $10,000 you know, dinner, you know, hurts. spending a thousand, two thousand dollars some nights on a dinner. Like, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't usually that much unless we got into the wine, unless we like didn't have a night for a game for a couple nights or something. Uh, but it was always scary getting down there. But I had some guys always look after me. You know, I remember I always showed out Nugent Hopkins because he would pull a couple times. Like if I lost, he just be, he just slide though. You just grab the bill and slide it over him. Just be like, don't worry, I got this. Like he's making six sheets or seven sheets at the time. Like I'm on. I'm like making minimum, which is still like a, a lot of money, yeah, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But big difference between but minimum yeah, and six. Ebbs, Ebbs was good with that too. Like Everly would would uh, would pay, and then yeah, we always had older guys. Teddy Perso was always good at that where if we were out and there was you know four, three or four of us someone would just say hey I got it tonight um, so it was always different and thankfully I didn't have to pay for too much of it because those guys were really generous I was generous to them on the ice I, I you, got, you had their back I, on I had it. their back on the ice and they had my back off it so You're like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this yeah. Chris O'Neill I got you yeah I got exactly. you Gagne don't worry <laughs> yeah. you got dinner I got this yeah, one you exactly. got those steaks for me alright let's go <laughs> we'll throw on hands <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a good uh, good relationship we had with a lot of those guys. That's good. When you're on when you're on the road, like when you're visiting cities, is it still mostly going out with your teammates, or is there times where you know the other team, like you have boys in the city or another team, are they calling you up? Yeah, or you yeah, it uh, it happens a lot. Um, I have like good buddies that I won't see every time, but definitely. And sometimes if we just like fly in the night before and we get into the hotel at five and we just have a couple hours to grab a meal with the boys and go back, I, I won't be calling anyone, but there's friends that I have that have moved to different places. And then even, yeah, you're right. Guys on other teams for sure. Especially if you got traded from somewhere. So when I was, 
when I moved from Edmonton to Jersey, I know, I think when Jersey, when we came into Edmonton, yeah, we all had dinner the one the night before the game. Me and Taylor were in Jersey at the time and Darnell Nurse picked us up from the hotel and we got to see a couple of those guys. So that's the thing I was going back to before where it's all, it was all casual the night before having a couple pints and you have a nice meal. And then as soon as you get on the ice, it's just like game on again. I'm, yeah. I don't care if you pick me up from the hotel, I'm going to run you through the end wall here tonight, but yeah, there's always different things. And then sometimes I would just do my own thing. Like sometimes if we had a couple days in the city, I would just end up cruising around for a couple hours and then I'd find myself at some restaurant. New York was perfect for that. Boston was cool to cruise around in. Before you know it, I was like a mile, two miles from the hotel. And then I was just, you know, finding a cool little restaurant and yeah, eating a little mom my, and pop shop. Yeah. yeah. Talking to the bartender and, and just eating a meal by myself. So I did a little bit of everything, kind of mixed nice. it up. Yeah. It's good because you get the opportunity to do it, right? Like a lot of times hockey, you play what, three games a week? Yeah, mostly. So yeah. usually you play, you fly out the next morning, so you have that day between and no flight is too far in, in hockey. What's the worst flight? Six hours? Five? No, five yeah, hours? Yeah, not yet. Not even that. Montreal to LA or kind yeah. of maybe Vancouver to yeah, Tampa, five, but you never hour, do yeah. those direct. Usually you're playing a couple teams in between, no? Uh, yeah, sometimes it changes. That's usually like your flight home. Like we would, yeah, yeah. if we were, you know, doing the the Pacific and the Southwest swing, we would probably hit Denver, Arizona, and then you go play San Jose, Anaheim, LA. And then, and then that one flight home, yeah. Then, yeah. You get to stay in LA for the night. And then <laughs> that flight home, yeah. Yeah, you're hurting yeah, on that well, one. Yeah. Eh? They'd be, we always try to push it back. They'd say 8 a.m. flight. We'd just be like, can we make it at nine or 10? You know, <laughs> give us a couple extra hours. Um, Bargaining with, but the, then, uh, yeah, with the GM. Thank, oh, whoever thank God it would always be like, it would always be the next morning and there was always some boys just barely stumbling to get on that plane the next morning it was always fun but yeah then you'd hightail it back up to back up to edmonton and most times it was yeah four or five hours and a 30 degree weather change as well you're going from shorts and a t-shirt to gray goose jackets and long yeah. pants so <laughs> did you say gray goose jackets yeah or <laughs> oh gray goose jackets <laughs> Man's already thinking about, oh, about the weekend, Man's already thinking about the weekend. I had the booze on my mind. Yeah, I, I even wore my goose jacket here. Yeah. Gray, <laughs> gray goose jacket. We got you. We oh, got man. you. Gray goose. We need him. Get him a jacket. That's, yeah, yeah. That's sponsored. It. Uh, one thing that's interesting too. Like, I want to jump back because one thing you said that, which I mean, you had a, obviously like a long career, like a life. Like we've actually looked this up one time, like way back in the day. We always wonder what the average of like different sports are, and like I think eleven especially like in hockey, especially like, you know, the role you had, like that's a, that's a long career. Yep. Um, and then you're talking about kind of the option, what you're doing now, you're exploring, you know, being in, in broadcast and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's really cool and fascinating to see. Cause when you, you know, growing up, when you watch athletes play, especially for like, as long as you have, you're like, wow, this like, this is a long career. This person's been playing hockey forever. And it's so fascinating because, you know, we sit here in our you know early thirties and like, that's kind of like, you know, you could have a whole career and a whole life. And then, you know, you, you're, realize that now I'm kind of want to move on to something else and you can do and like maybe not yeah. anything you can go yeah. be a brain surgeon but yeah. like you can I mean you really can do anything right you kind of say what do I want to do what do I enjoy and all this stuff and you can kind of figure out okay the next 10 years of my life what do I want to do and you yeah. can go and call your buddies up who have been in the show as well call up whoever it is maybe you want to explore being an agent whatever I don't have much of a point on this but I think it's really fascinating that you can have so many like you can have a, a career as a pro athlete you can going to finance going to repping players and all that stuff and yeah you know it's really fascinating I, at least viewing it as an, as an outsider i think it's really cool and it, and it um well yeah I, it's i think that's what people have tried to instill in me this whole time as i've been you know kind of struggling like it hasn't been easy like i said struggling to find to find that but 
they're like 11 years. Like it's a, that's a decade. Like it sounds like a lot. It sounds like kind of a lot. And to me, it felt like forever, mm-hmm. but it's, that's nothing. That's, t- it's literally a small sliver of your life. And yeah. now it's like you said, I've, I've taken a year and a half, almost two years off now. And I can get to completely reinvent myself. And I feel like, I don't know if it's pandemic or if it's retirement, or what it is if we've gone or through retiring some, we, in the yeah, pandemic yeah, like both a simultaneously yeah. some sort of universal shift here but i'm very different from the, the, it's like the moon it's than, the moon the moon's not aligned yeah, right now or like something that. but uh, com- not completely different just very different in the way i kind of see see life and and the way i approach different things in different situations i'm a little more i think i'm a little more patient now i'm trying trying to be Absolutely. um but i had uh I don't know. It took a lot out of me and that's it, great. Like what you said, you can kind of reinvent yourself and find some of those hobbies and talents and discover something that you love. And maybe that's something a little less stressful than my sure. past career was. Yeah. So. Oh, but it, you, George, you said it cause it's perfect. You were a vet in the, in like in playing hockey, 11 years is a long career, but in the real world, it's literally nothing. You know, like we yeah. are, we vets, in our in our careers at all, we're thirty one. You're what thirty two now? Thirty two. Yeah. Like, you know the, I mean? the one example that I that I always find interesting. So I grew up. I mean, both Ricky and I. We grew up in like you know entrepreneurial families. Our 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 uh, fathers work in uh, they have service companies, different types of service. But anyways, I grew up be, like seeing my dad. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to run a business one day. And when I was finishing university, I was like, oh, I have to do this right away. Twenty two years old. I got to get in here and I got to learn. And by thirty, I'll be like running the company, all this stuff. I'm 30 something now. And I'm like, oh, I still have so much to go. I've, I don't know shit yet. Like I've barely scraped in the surface. Yeah. Do I think I've experienced a lot? Sure. But like there is so much ahead. Um, and I'm starting to really appreciate it now at the age I'm at. But not only that, now I look and see buddies who are lawyers and doctors and they're like just finishing school a couple years ago. And yeah. you know, like if, like if you think about it, like you don't really start figuring out who you are, what you want to be, what you want to do, like honestly, until like I think at least you're 30. Some people hit it earlier, whatever, but I think some people think they do too. And for sure. Younger, and I then, did. I thought yeah. 24 years old, I'm like, oh, I could, yeah, I could you do have this. this. I had this whole thing figured out. Yeah, you think it like, especially like, you know, you have an ego and you have to figure that, get that in check and you need a couple humbling experiences to really figure that out. Yeah. Um, but I, and one example that always like, you know, I, it always kind of brings me back down to earth, especially lately and it just kind of put life in perspective from a career sense um warren buffett i was reading his annual shareholder today and and the first part stood out to me the most is that he says you know it's been a privilege and honor to to for you to trust in us to manage your money for the last 57 years he is 90 something years old so he's done what he's done for 57 years that puts him at about 30 when he started he and it's not all about money, but he didn't really make his fortune until he turned fifty onwards. Like he was yeah, Warren like Buffett, 30, but he was not Warren Buffett and and whatever, um, which is really fascinating. Like life is so long, you have so much time, and like you know, thirty is still infancy, really. Right. You know. So, anyways, I'm not trying to be a positive, you know, put a spin on this, but I think it's yeah. It just as I've gotten older as well, I kind of see that you know, this is like when you're kind of just really figuring your figuring shit out and hitting your stride. And yeah. even still, we just had a failed startup like in our 30s, man. Well, it's like, been cool to talk to other people like this living in the city now is there's such, so many people going through the same thing oh, that yeah. even though not people didn't retire from hockey, but so many people in their, you know, young professionals, I should call them, yeah, 28 yeah. to 32, kind of where I am, where I'm hitting now, just trying to trying to figure it out as we go. That's the exciting part. It's like you don't have, it's not like you need to figure out right now or else, you know, you're not, you can't put food on the table or whatever. It's like, you, you know, you've, you've made a career, you have options, you know, you're taking your, your spin at broadcasting. Maybe you do 
post up and that's kind of what you decide to do. Maybe it's something to do with food. Maybe it's yeah. music. Who knows, right? Yeah. You have options and obviously you've made the connections too, which is great. So it's exciting. It is. I think I have to keep the that outlook on it all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I get down and I'm like, what am I doing here? I should be doing more. There's days where I don't have anything going on. And I'm like, I should be doing more. But I think it's exciting. The world has kind of opened itself up and, and um, I just got to keep exploring and keep figuring it out as we go. I love it. I think the biggest thing too that you have going for you, like, you know, being a, playing competitive sports your whole life and playing at the highest level, like you naturally have drive, you have discipline, you have that kind of like, you know, that hunger, like to, to yep. do it, right? So I'm sure whatever, like those are not uh, transferable skills, I guess. You like, you know, select few people, develop those and have the kind of career like that. So, yep. you know, those are universally applicable to any, prof I oh, think any sure. profession, right? Yep. So. Plus, whatever it, it is that you have, the fact you played in the show, you know. And yeah, that's always nice to have on, on, the, on the resume. <laughs> I'm sure you decide to do something and put that in. I played in the show for a bit, you know. Hey, you know Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah. I played man. You know, Dry side. Yeah, good St. Mike's boy too. Yeah, I know. I like throwing that around. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, St. St. Mike's. Yeah, it's good times. Eh? Yeah, boy, great times. Yeah. Are you still friends with anybody from St. Mike's? Like, yeah, I still got my boys. We have our group chat. Yeah. There's still four or five of us. Uh, one got just got married in May or in September. One's getting married in May. So. Guys have started to move away and separate a little bit, but I still got I still got small small select crew of guys that I still keep in touch with. Pretty yeah, you you were boys with Liambus too, right? Yeah, he's one of my best buddies still. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm still friends with his younger brother. Yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah the, him and his family I've known since we were in grade seven. Oh, similar. You got a similar story with, or you guys both kind of have a similar story, right? Like, yeah, both kind of tough guys. He played pretty long time too, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Maybe yeah, not as long he as you, was. But. I think he was the same time as me. I think he was 11 years or. Maybe it was 10 years or something like Regardless, that. Regardless. Regardless, right around. He is the epitome of character and heart and determination. Guy should write a book. He's played in every league you can play in and fought his way from the bottom to the well, top. He's also not as big as you, right? So yeah. like being, a, being pound, a tough guy is... Yeah, pound for pound, he's one of the toughest to ever that I've ever seen and probably the hardest hitter, hardest and best hitter I've ever seen and played against. And just like the nicest you met yeah. him, you know him, right? He's the coolest guy off he's the ice. He's someone that always remembered me when I see him, I'm like, Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. I'm friends with his brother, but yeah. you know, hey Rick, how's it going? Man, that's nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He's got a young family and he has this whole woodworking yeah, company yeah. on the side, nomadic design. Shout out to him yeah. and his company. And um yeah, he he he's just a beauty off the ice as well. One of my best buddies still. Good man. Yeah. Have you uh, have you ever thought about coaching? Yeah, I have. I I really explored that option when I first retired. I was like, that's always what I thought I wanted to do. And then the like more hockey schools and shit. Yeah, stuff like like I think I could do that, like keep to, like coaching skills and training off the ice, like summer camps and stuff like that. But I don't think I would ever go. Not ever. Sorry, never say never. But I'm not exploring going into actually coaching, like in the OHL or in pro, at least yet. I found that the time that I've taken or that I got to take off hockey, probably like the first year of the pandemic, I don't think I even watched a game or or you know skated anywhere. Not that we could, but. And that was nice. It was a really nice break to just like turn it off for a little bit. And then as time went on, I got a little bit more and more hungry. I got yeah, the itchy. itch. And then the broadcasting thing happened. Now I'm watching hockey all the time. And now I've got the itch even more to get on the ice. I still haven't skated. Like I've done, you know, played shinny maybe a couple gonna times. I was going to men's league at all? Nothing. I don't play at all. No I downtown hockey I ha league? I haven't put my gear on since my last professional game. 
you got to play in the downtown hockey league. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, I, I got invited this year. Oh man, yeah. it's it's well, I pl- so I obviously not good at hockey, but I was I'm a decent men's league goalie, like you know a good okay. B league men's league. You know Rob, you remember Rob Sweeney? Oh yeah, from St. Mike's. Yep. Yeah, so I played men's league hockey with him. So we were B in the ACHL league, and we won it all, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm I'm decent. I played. And the uh, some boy called me. He's like, Rick, we need a goalie. Say uh, the downtown league. It's the A level. I'm like, look, straight up, like A's. I know this league. A's good, like too good for me. Like, no, you'll be fine. We won nine eight or something. I got eight goals. You got dusted me. for eight, eight. eight goals. I only had maybe like fifteen <laughs> shots. Like just every guy comes out. It's like tough. Remember, it's it's not that the game is super fast. It's just like all old like NHL players, OHL players, and just dudes that got great hands and yeah. just fire rockets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all perfect passes, like just, raw. and I'm like, all right, I just got fucking absolutely lit up, but at least we won. So like, yeah. I got called like two weeks ago. I was like, no, man, my, my <laughs> ego cannot take this again. No, I got invited. I've been invited. I couldn't do ASHL. I don't think I'll no, do ASHL ever you're again. You're too good for it. Well, and I got asked to scrap like every game. Guys were literally like slashing me and I was just yeah, like, I'm not, can't. I'm, you have to go to work tomorrow. It's 1030 on a Tuesday you, night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. And then even the downtown one, I just, I don't know, man, my body was pretty, it still is pretty banged up. Uh, I've had four operations on my shoulders and my hands and wrists and knees are all banged up. So I've been really enjoying just like training. I like, you know, I go to, I go do spin classes and I do some yoga and like, that's about it for me. Okay. Yeah. So I like to. (laughs) Different uh, training regimen. Yeah. Yeah. I like to just. That's unfair assumption. Do you guys do train, uh, you guys do yoga and spinning? It got like it, we never did anything like that early in my career, and then by the end of it, it was more functional movement. Especially yeah. in the summer, you see guys doing Pilates, yoga, bar classes. Like guys yeah, are yeah. doing, guys are trying everything now rather than just going in and putting four hundred on a squat bar. Guys still do that, but like guys are just you know getting more functional with their with their movement. And now I like you know it's easy not easy for me now too, but I just like I like riding the bike and I yeah I go to this go to spin and. Yeah, do some do some yin yoga and some Pilates, and that's like, that's about it. That's all yeah. the body needs these days. That's it. Pilates is fucking hard. Yeah. I did. Uh, we talked about this too. Yeah, yeah Studio Legritas down here. Oh, I've done a couple of Gris. Holy in my day. shit! Yeah. You want it? You want your ego to get checked? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. never? Like you can? I don't care how. I mean, I'm not the epitome of like health and fitness, but um, at one point in time, I was training pretty hard for uh, for some for some competitive stuff, and man, it is. Like it's oh, it's humbling to say yeah. the least. Yeah, but it's were, a killer. Those workout. reformers are no joke. Man, oh, you got those little God. like ninety pound women. <laughs> like, how how are you doing that? Yeah, like, I'm wait, just leaking. Yeah, and I'm like struggling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm way more jacked than you. Like, yeah. how is this happening? No. Yeah, no, I haven't done a degree in a while. Just just sticking to the to the basics. Like, I think ride as spins usually the hardest hardest thing I'm doing, and I I don't mind. I enjoy that. It's nice. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. We're at that point, George, unless you got anything else? I'm good. No. Um, well, Luke, obviously appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And normally I would say what's what's on the horizon for you, but I feel like we got a glimpse of everything that, that's yeah. kind of going on. Obviously, we'll see you on, I'm assuming we'll see you on some more broadcasts for the yeah. Edmonton Oilers. Any kind of national stuff? No, not yet. Not yet. So 
hopefully the next couple Oilers games will be on national broadcast again so people from Ontario can watch them. Well, there's a bonus. Like, there's possibly the greatest player of our generation, right. or not of our generation, but of kind yeah. of right now playing on the Oilers. I yeah, hope. and I'm hoping the Oilers make the playoffs so that we can yeah. get some playoff hockey and I can maybe jump in those games. But, yeah, hopefully get uh, the call for some more Sportsnet stuff and then, yeah, working on my own projects on the side. Hopefully get another couple post-up episodes going. And just bouncing around the city, like I, yeah. See what uh, see what happens next. Well, you're also part of the All Star Gala committee. Yes, I'll help organize that event June, Friday, June third at Toronto Event Center. Uh, Sick Kids All Star Gala. That should be a fun one. First time in yeah. two two years. Two years. Yeah, yeah. So tickets will go on sale for that at the end of the month, and uh, it should be a great time as well. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll post a link for that in the uh, in the bio as well. But. Other than that, Luke, thanks for coming on, man. This was an absolute pleasure. Glad Cheers, we got boys. to finally do this. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Unreal. Perfect. All right, guys, if you made it to the end of this, we appreciate you. Give Luke a follow on all socials. We'll tag him in the bio. And other than that, until next week, guys. Cheers. Peace. Beauty. All right. Let's do a quick, quick photo. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And every high got alone No one thing You're not alright I'm not alright